to getting back to the lane. Uh, you're leading us in some songs as well, and the rest of the worship team. Uh, you guys are you guys are amazing, and um, really appreciate the way that you, that you serve us with your gifts. But um, hey, let's turn over to Luke chapter 18. Luke chapter 18. We are going to uh, this this week is our turn to uh, talk about uh, a story of faith that. Um, <clears throat> that uh, really inspires us in the Bible. And I tell you, it's really been cool over the last couple of months as uh, each of us have kind of taken turns to share our Jesus moments for communion and to share some of the, our favorite stories of faith in the Bible. And uh, it's just been awesome just uh, hearing from one another and being encouraged by one another's faith, you know, that we're building one another up, one another up by thoughts of, of God, thoughts of of um, God working powerfully in us and through us and with us, and uh, and so so today we're going to look at a, a, a story here in, in Luke chapter eighteen, and it's going to take us just a minute to get there, but um, we'll get there in just a moment. It's a story about a guy named Bartimaeus who uh, had some setbacks in his life, but um, but again had an encounter with Jesus that totally transformed him. And the the lesson today, our our title is Crazy Faith. Crazy faith. And, uh, and so I wanted to go ahead and just lead us in prayer here for a moment as uh, we take some time to get into the scriptures and really ask the spirit just to, mm. just to shock us and uh, mm. to help us and to empower us to, uh, to, to, uh, to really walk with God on the heights. But let's pray to God and um, ask God to move. Father, we, uh, we know that every time we open up the scriptures, there's opportunity for transformation. That's God, right. there's opportunity to go to a whole different way of life and different uh, level of power in our lives. Father, as we learn from you, as we feel the spirit move in our, in our heart, soul, mind, and strength, Father, we just pray that you would move powerfully this morning uh, through the scriptures as we read them together, as we consider uh, consider you. And as we turn our, our eyes towards you, Father, that you would move powerfully uh, in our lives. Father, help us to be men and women of crazy, audacious, bodacious faith. Right. Father, help us to live that way. Help us to think that way. Help us to love one another that way. And we pray this all in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. So the Bible, guys, is filled with stories of men and women um, living with crazy faith. And it's, it's a shame because so many, so many of us get trapped. Uh, we get strangled, uh, by fearful, fearful thoughts and fearful, living by kind of fearful stories and fearful principles in our lives. And yet Jesus comes to us and he, and he not only challenges us and tries to sharpen us in his training of us to be men and women of faith, but he, he models it for us. Mm. And he models it for us through all these case studies that we read about in the Gospels, all these different uh, situations that he encounters. And he teaches us to, to, to rise above, mm-hmm. to rise above all the things that are trying to hold us back, all the things that are trying to put us down, all the critics and all the naysayers that are trying to speak against God working powerfully in our lives. And he teaches us to live with faith mm-hmm. and to live with boldness. You know, true faith is always crazy. True faith is always crazy. And so when, when the people around us look at us living by faith, 
they go, that's nuts. That's crazy. That's insane. And they try to pull us down because it's, it's living, it's living, uh, by a different standard. It's living by a different power source. It's living by a, a different, uh, a different idea of what life is all about. It's a God sized idea. It's a God powered, uh, idea of, of what life is. Cause God is the creator of, of all of life. God is the creator of, uh, of, of, of all things. And it reminds me of a couple of sayings that, um, that, that kind of, uh, resonate with me. Uh, one of them is, you know, you're getting old when your memories are more exciting than your dreams. You know, sometimes when we get old, we get more and more sophisticated. You know, we get more and more, we get more and more, uh, you know, kind of smart <clears throat> and savvy. But a lot of times as we get older too, we, we become, we start playing it safe more and more. And so this kind of stands out to me, you know, are my dreams more exciting or as exciting as my memories? That's a good one for me. I like this other one. They think the dancer crazy who can't hear the music. You guys ever hear that one? I love that one. They think the dancer crazy who can't hear the music. And it kind of, you know, it's, it's kind of this idea of if we see someone dancing and someone enjoying life and it, it looks odd, it looks strange if we can't hear the music that they're listening to. And I think it describes Jesus, doesn't it? It describes people who are living by faith because the world around us may not be able to hear the music and they may not get as pumped up by the music, by our music as we do. (laughs) And so they think the dancer crazy who can't hear the music. And so oftentimes, you know, Christians, Jesus followers are thought to be crazy because people can't hear the music that we're listening to that God is singing to us and that God is playing for us. You know, there's, um, <clears throat> I guess in India, there's these, uh, there's these circus, uh, elephants that are performers in the circus and, and, and they're huge animals. They're, they're massive animals. They're powerful animals. In fact, these Indian elephants are, are the largest land animals, uh, of all. And so they're stronger, they're bigger, they're more powerful than any other animal that walks the face of the earth. And in the past, they, um, they were used almost as tanks in war because they were ferocious, because they were extremely tough, because they could go into, into battle and they were extremely fearsome. And yet those, those animals that were used in, in the past in that way are now kind of circus animals. And the question comes, well, well, how did they domesticate them so much? And how did they get that way where they lost their wildness and their ferociousness? And, and, and the answer is because they start to train them early. When, when the, when the uh, elephants are, are just babies, they start to tie up their legs and they start to restrain their legs so that they, so that they kind of start to learn that they can only go as far as the rope will allow them. And so it's crazy as they train them this way, as the, as the elephants get older, they don't even have to do anything except for put a little rope around their leg and tie it to a little stake in the ground. And the elephants will stay right there. The elephants will kind of do what they're told and the elephants won't, won't, uh, won't 
tear up the stake, even though it's just only a couple of inches into the ground to kind of hold the rope up. Mm. And I think it kind of, it's, it's kind of that way in life for us as well. We learn things from past history and we, and we tell the stories of our lives and we don't realize the kind of restraints that we put on ourselves that really don't have to be there, but it's kind of how we describe life and it's how, how we, um, you know, talk about the things that hold us back. And oftentimes those things become much more powerful in our lives than they should be. Mm-hmm. And so when we go back to the scriptures, we start to realize that we can live differently. Mm-hmm. By the example of Jesus, by the example of the great men and women of faith in the Bible. Look over in Hebrews 11. So keep your, keep your little, keep your um, finger in, in Luke 18, because we're going to go back there in just a moment. But go over to Hebrews 11. I want just to read a few passages to us. Hebrews chapter 11. And just, just verse 1 and 2. It says, Now faith is being sure of what we hope for and certain of what we do not see. This is what the ancients were commended for. You know, the people, the men and women of the Bible, in the Bible, were commended for their crazy faith. They believed in God more than they believed and put their faith in circumstance. Mm-hmm. They believed in God more than they put their faith in what everybody else was saying around them. I mean, you think about the stories of Abraham or Esther or Deborah or Noah, and these people were were defined by society as people of crazy faith. They're nuts. Look at how they're living. Look at how they're doing. And then again, we come up to Jesus, who's the master of all crazy faith. Because he was, he said many times before it happened that he would literally conquer death. Mm-hmm. You know, I remember George Gurganis, George and Irene Gurganis in Tokyo. They're in their mid-60s. He was, they were both kind of like famous in the Church of Christ. He had started the missions program at Harding. He had pioneered the missions program at Abilene Christian University. And I was just so, I just was so amazed by them because in their mid-60s, they went back to Tokyo where they had started a congregation back in the 50s and they were pioneering again. And I was so inspired by them, not because of all the degrees that George had, not because of all the accolades uh, or the successes but I was, I was extremely inspired by George and Irene because of their crazy faith. Mm-hmm. And they never let it go until the day that they died. You know, look over in, in Mark chapter 9. I'm going to go through a few scriptures here. Mark chapter 9, starting in verse 21. He just asked the boy's father, who was in a really tough spot here. How long has the boy been like this? From childhood, the, the, the father answered. Verse 22, it is often thrown him into the fire or water to kill him. But if you can do anything, take pity on us and help us. Verse 23, Jesus said, if you can, everything is possible for him who believes. Okay, that's, that's Jesus talking. This is true. This is the way the world works. Everything is possible 
for him who believes. Look over in Mark chapter 10, just one chapter later. In verse 26, it says the disciples were even more amazed and said to each other, you know, hanging out with Jesus, I think that was just the case a lot. You were just inspired, you were challenged, you were sort of afraid, you were amazed. And here's another situation. The disciples were even more amazed and said to each other, who then can be saved? And listen to Jesus. He says, Jesus looked at them and said, with man, yep, this is impossible. But not with God, all Things are possible with God. Life asks us the question over and over, how big is your God? Mm-hmm. We know our own weaknesses. We're well aware of, of, of some of our own limitations, mm-hmm. sometimes, oftentimes too aware. But life asks us that question, how big is your God? Mm-hmm. And that's what determined Jesus' path forward, was the answer that, well, God is bigger than any of my problems. Mm-hmm. God is created everything. Nothing is impossible for him. Look over in Matthew chapter 7. Matthew chapter 7. A couple of weeks ago we talked about, we talked about um, faith as a verb. And here's where we get a chance to look at a couple of verbs that God really wants to instill in us and how we live our lives and how we pray. I love what uh, the campus girls are talking about in terms of Jesus' Jesus's reliance on God and prayer and his reliance on the Spirit. But listen to this. Matthew 7, verse 7. It says, ask and it will be given you. Seek and you will find. Knock, and the door will be opened to you. Now listen to this. He says, for everyone. Now here's the thing. The crowd that Jesus was speaking to wasn't some righteous crowd of perfect people. You know, this crowd wasn't even, wasn't even really Jesus followers yet. This crowd wasn't living life perfectly. It wasn't like they checked all the boxes of faith. But Jesus makes this point, everyone, this is a principle of how the, of how the universe is formed and how the universe works. He says, for everyone who asks, receives. He who seeks, finds. And to him who knocks, the door will be opened. He's, he's, he's talking to us about being bold. He's talking to us about being self-advocates of the things that we desire, the things that we want, the things that we long for, the things that we're dreaming about. He's asking us to be aggressive, to be intentional, to to be specific, to be crazy in the sense of, wow, that's a big ask. That's a bold ask. Well, Jesus is encouraging all of us, regardless of our age, regardless of our circumstances, to be that person to be that guy, that girl that asks and knocks and seeks. Now let's do this. In verse 9, in verse 8 it says, verse 9, I'm sorry, which of you, if his son asks for bread, will give him a stone? Or if he asks for a fish, will give him a snake? If you then know you're evil and know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father in heaven give good gifts to those who, here it is again, ask? Mm. What are we asking for? 
Mm. What are we asking for? Because what it, what we're asking for reflects our understanding of who God is. Mm. So, so if God is small in our eyes, or if God is stingy in our eyes, or if God is judgmental, condemning, or critical in our eyes, it's going to really affect what we ask for, what we seek, mm. what we knock. You know, recently, uh, Nick and Bree came to town and, um, we wanted to have, we wanted to help them to have like the most amazing vacation of all time. I mean, of course, guys, we're in Vermont, right? I was going down the road the other day and it's, and there's a sign said, what's your hurry? Question mark. You're in Vermont. Mm. Exclamation point. I was like, that's a really good point. Yeah. <laughs> and so we thought, Hey, these guys are coming to Vermont of all places. We want this to be the greatest vacation of all. And so I knew it's kind of funny because I knew if I asked each of them individually about themselves, they wouldn't probably speak up. And so I asked each of them separately about the other person this question. I said, So Bree, what would make this the greatest vacation for Nick? How would he be able to go home and just feel rested and just feel like he had a great time? And Bree gave me some great insight. But I kind of knew if I asked Nick, he would tell me kind of what I wanted to hear. He'd feel selfish asking. Yeah, he would feel like, I don't want to be selfish and ask. I don't want to, you know, say something that's too expensive. You know, I don't really want to say something kind of out of bounds. So he would kind of be conservative in what he would ask for. Bree wasn't conservative. She told me exactly what she thought he'd want. And Nick told me exactly what Bree thought she'd want. And I was thrilled. Sue and I were both thrilled. Because as parents... As Nick and Bree's dad and mom, we want to lavish our love on them. We want to lavish gifts on them. We want them to love life and feel like being around their family and their mom and dad is just just a party. <laughs> That's a great time. And I think a lot of times, guys, we we don't think of God correctly. We don't think of God right when it comes to his desire to be generous to us mm. and his desire to lavish his love on us. And, and so anyhow, I was, I was thinking about that as I was looking at this passage because, yeah. because God really wants to be generous to me and be generous to us. He loves us. We're his kids. He owns everything. And he, and he wants to give us what we ask for and what we seek and what we knock. And even beyond. That's the context of this of this uh, teaching that Jesus has given mm-hmm. us. I was thinking, one, just, you know, one of the first things we ever studied when we were seeking God was the seeking study. And I always have to go back. Am I still seeking God with all my heart 35 years later? And mm-hmm. I just think this is such a great um understanding going back to passages like Matthew seven and, and also just going back to, you know, God is saying, ask me, you know, you know, open your mouth and I will fill it. He says in Psalm Mm -hmm. 81, he wants us to feast with him and spend time with him. And I know that so often prayer is about what I have realized the most, especially this last month is prayer gets me to gaze at God and glance at myself where the rest of my life, usually if I'm not focused on my big God, I'm more like glancing at God and totally, totally gazing at my 
my in, inadequacies or myself. Mm. And I, I think that's the biggest thing is prayer. The first thing I remember is that song that, that the kids would sing when they were in, um, in kids kingdom was my God is so big, so strong and so mighty. There's nothing <laughs> my God can't do, yeah. but why don't I still sing that? Like, you know, that's mm. my God. Um, I remember one time, um, when I was at Harvard, I was like, I was working with the campus ministry there and I was thinking, I can never win Harvard students because I'm not smart enough. I'm just sort of a social Boston college communications major. Like, how am I ever going to impact these people? And so one day I was just out praying um, down by the Charles River because all good stuff happens when you pray by the river. Now that I'm on another <laughs> river, I always try to get near. Stephen, I always try to move to a place where we can go. Where can I go and meet with God? Like if it has mm. that factor, then, okay, we should move there. There's a river. There's a lake. There's a path. There's a, a trail. Mm. There's a field of dreams. But um, I just came back from that time going, I think I'm just going to dress up as an angel and I'm going to use all my money and buy dried ice and I'm going to buy all the, the Harvard girls pillow stuffings and they can sit on their clouds and we're just going to have a dreams <laughs> devotional. And they just thought I was so whacked, but it was like one of the best times because it was reminding them in their Harvard intellect and all they had to face, all the stress they were facing as college students is like, well, I still get to worship the dream giver and connect and think about mm-hmm. dreams. I needed it for me to still be dreaming. And so, so Steve talked a little bit when we talked about Matthew seven, about Nick and Bree coming, but sort of the other um, parent parental example about God wanting to give good gifts to his kids is Kenzie just left and sort of Nick um, felt jealous sometimes because we had Mackenzie all to ourselves for three years because he went off to college. And so she even made us this collage that's called the trio life. And Nick's like, yeah, what's up with the trio life? I'm not in any pictures anymore. And, um, but, um, one of the things that he used to get ticked off about all the time is that we had this saying with Kenzie and we've done it a lot over vacation this week is like, come on, Kenzie, you want get, want get. And Nick's like, yeah, why do you always like Kenzie always gets what she wants? You know, <laughs> he was always saying that. Um, but, uh, mostly in jest, but. That's kind of how we felt on vacation with her. All right, Kenzie, what do you need? What, what do you want? Want get? And it would be like, I just need to sleep in, or I just want to try that maple. Like, and she kind of had her wish list of a few things. We didn't get through all of them, but like, that's how God feels about us. He wants us like, Hey, want get? Like, what are some, what do you want? What do you want me to give you? And, and just, uh, I think we can so easily feel selfish about asking God for stuff. Um, when really most of the stuff we're asking for is we're his kids and we want to do things that glorify him with our lives. And, um, it's helped me a lot to be able to kind of get back. Am I still seeking him? Cause if I'm seeking him, just like in that seeking study, I'm asking him to show himself to me. I'm asking him, help me to see you and, um, help my kids to see you. But anyway, I just think it's been fun to kind of go, wait, that is not how I treat my own kid. And, and God is saying that to us as his kids, you know, I'm strong and mighty. Please feel free to ask me anything because I'm listening and I'm always listening. You can get through to me anytime, 24 hours a day. You will never be put on hold. And I just think it's changing that spirit about our own walk with him. And 35 years later, I still have to go, wait a second. I want to still ask God for big stuff and big dreams. And I know when my faith is strong because I'm praying specific prayers And that has always sort of been the highlight. I've gone through my journals many times 
and I've kind of ripped stuff out. I've had burning ceremonies, memorial, like, cause I have so many journals, but, um, but the stuff I always keep is specific prayers. So I can go, Mackenzie, look at this prayer I prayed. And maybe it didn't come through like till 10 years later or two years later, or this is when dad broke up with me. Look what I wrote. And three years later, I got him back because I prayed. You know, and I just think there's so many things, you know, I prayed this specific prayer about meeting someone that was a blonde sorority sophomore girl that she'd be the first person to become a Christian at UCLA. And as I'm getting ready to baptize this girl, I'm like, Hey, Holly, what, what year are you? She's like sophomore. I'm like, Oh my God. Mm. Like so many things like that. You just kind of go, God, I want to meet the most intimidating person, but I am intimidated. So if they're intimidating, I got to just go for it and share my faith with them. And just the people that have become Christians or the like, God's going, I'm going to get you. I'm going to give you what you asked for. Mm. And so anyway, it's just, I think it just puts so much more craziness, like Steve said, and adventure into my relationship with God is that he's a good, good father mm-hmm. and making sure that I don't let anybody steal that from me about who my God is. So. Amen. Yeah. Okay. Let's turn over to our, our the pastor I talked about in the beginning, Luke chapter 18. That's awesome. I always love hearing, love hearing Sue talk about specific prayer because she has so many stories about specific prayers that were answered. And it challenges my faith because I don't want to get specific sometimes because I don't want to be disappointed. And so how big is my God, right? But I think the specificness of it helps me to see that it wasn't my power, but it was God. And it challenges my faith. And so specific prayers. It's a, it's a great ask. It's a great seek. That's a great knock. Some of us, you know, in that situation will say, well, how about Jesus when he's praying his specific prayer in the garden? Mm-hmm. And we say, well, how about all those prayers who haven't been, that haven't been answered in my life? And I think what we've got to see, guys, is that oftentimes, and I want you to listen to this, oftentimes pain is the path to the ultimate blessings. Because as God is wanting to bless us, he's also wanting us to grow, to become more and more like him in the process. Spoiling is is oftentimes when we give something to someone because out of fear or out of, you know, some desire to please them, but we want them to avoid pain. You know, God doesn't want us to avoid pain because pain is often the path to the greatest blessings. And so when Jesus is praying that prayer in the garden and he's sweating drops of blood and he's asking God to take that cup away from him, God answered it because what he knew Jesus really dreamed of and really wanted was for his life to count. He had, he wanted to rise from the dead, but if he never died, how could he perform that greatest miracle that we know him for? But pain was the path to the greatest blessings. And I think sometimes we tap out when God doesn't give us our comfort prayers. When God answers our prayers with more learning on the path to answering our prayers, because we want everything to be comfortable and we want everything to be safe. Yeah. And so I think we've got to really confront that in ourselves and in our, in our own, in our own faith. Because for us to do the great things that God has created us for, there's going to be pain involved. And there's going to be hard choices involved. And that's good. Because that when we get to that blessing, we're also a new person. And so the new wineskins can hold the new wine. Mm. Let's look here in Luke chapter 18. 
Luke chapter 18. It's a short story. And we're gonna, and we're gonna close with this. Cause we've been, we've been going on and on here for a while. So Luke chapter 18. That's okay. Verse 35. It says, as Jesus approached Jericho, a blind man was sitting by the roadside begging. Now this guy, his name was Bartimaeus. Now sometimes I think Bartimaeus gets a bad rap because we call this story, oh, the story of the blind beggar, the story of blind Bartimaeus. But the fact of the matter is that this is actually a story about how Bartimaeus became unblind. It should probably be the story of bold, bodacious Bartimaeus, not blind Bartimaeus. And so often we define ourselves and put labels on ourselves Mm -hmm. according to our limitations. And we define ourselves that way. And we start to think about ourselves this way. I want us to think about ourselves as bold, bodacious, fill your name in the blank. Crazy, faithful, fill your name in the blank. Mm -hmm. Not blind, not limited in the way that we often describe ourselves. Mm -hmm. So Jesus comes, he's on the road to Jericho. And a blind man was sitting by the roadside begging. When he heard the crowd going by, he asked what was happening. And they told him, Jesus of Nazareth is passing by. I love this. Jesus was often described by where he grew up. And even like uh, Euro was describing a few a few weeks ago, he's saying, you know, how Nazareth was kind of, kind of seemed like it was one, kind of one of those drive-through towns. It didn't have a great reputation. It was a place you wanted to get through as quickly as possible. But Jesus was described, and I think there's this contrast here, because Jesus, the most powerful man of, of all time, the most, the most, the most incredible leader, the most incredible world changer, was Jesus of Nazareth. What a contrast. Because he comes out of this town, which helps us to understand we can come out of any town. We can grow up anywhere. We can come from any place of quote unquote limitations and still become like Jesus. And live out our destiny, live out our dreams and change the world. So they told him, Jesus of Nazareth is passing by. He called out, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. This was a selfish ask. (laughs) Or you could define it as a selfish ask. He starts yelling, look at me, have mercy on me. But he was putting into practice what Jesus had taught earlier. Ask and you will receive. Seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be opened. So let's look what happens. Those who led the way rebuked him and told him to be quiet, but he shouted all the more. How much is the world around us? Even a lot of people that we respect that are leading the way often tell us to shut up or often tell us to be quiet or often tell us that's too bold. That's too scary. You might really be disappointed if you ask that. How often does the world around us try to shut us up and try to define our faith? They rebuked him and told him to be quiet. But what did Bartimaeus do? What what did bold Bartimaeus do? He shouted all the more, son of David, have mercy on me. Jesus stopped. Mm. Do you guys get that? Jesus stopped. Bartimaeus, like faith, stops God in his tracks. And it says, oh, here's a person that's putting into practice by faith 
the things that I'm asking them to do, they're asking boldly. Mm. They're seeking boldly. They're knocking boldly. And they're, and they're paying more attention to me, to God, than they are to the world around them. So it stops God in his crowd, tracks. Jesus stopped and ordered the man to be brought to him. And when he came near, Jesus asked him, what do you want me to do for you? Lord, I want to see, he replied. And Jesus said to him, receive your sight. Your faith has healed you. Your faith. And Jesus said this a number of times. Your faith has healed you. Your faith has made you well. Mm. And Jesus gives the credit to Bartimaeus. Mm. He doesn't even give the credit to God. He gives the credit to Bartimaeus saying, you're bold. You're courageous. Thanks for asking and seeking and knocking. Your faith has healed you. Immediately he received his sight and followed Jesus, praising God. And when all the people saw it, they also praised God. Bartimaeus led the way that day. It wasn't these other people that said who were leading the way. Bartimaeus led the way that day by his faith and caused all people to do what? Praise God. Mm. And that's so much what crazy faith does. It gets us to look to God Mm. and away from all the circumstances and all the naysayers and all the critics. Mm. You know, Sue worked with um, a young boy who was blind. Uh, because of an optic nerve, can't, you know, he, he had a, he had a tumor on his optic nerve. And I want to see to share about that. Oh, I just, you know, Sterling was this just really precious, precious guy that actually he impacted the Shaw family more than we impacted him. But, um, he, um, I worked with him all through, um, elementary school, um, when my kids were in middle school and high school and we lived in Connecticut. And then I worked with him a little bit in middle school. And he just graduated last year and it just like made us our whole family weep because he just had more joy. Like his limitations just did not hold him back. And, um, there's this one incident where, um, Nick didn't make captain of the basketball team. And, um, he's like, Hey mom, can I come over and read to Sterling and Sterling's joy level of Nick coming over to read and help him with his braille. And, and Nick's like, I really needed that. Cause like, like this stupid thing about caring about being captain versus hanging out with this joyful guy, Sterling. Like there's so many things that happen like that where I'm hanging out with Sterling and he, he just kind of overcame so many of those things. It didn't, his limitations didn't hold him back from being the best Sterling and the person that he was. And again, he changed <laughs> us and especially his joy level and his gratitude yeah. um, because he was also on a lot of medication. So he had to sleep a lot. And so when he was on and up, he was awesome. But it was just a reminder for me. I think God had me during that time, those seven years of being um, out of the ministry and working specifically with him. Like, wow, th- I, I feel like God taught me more of those seven years about um, people and about Jesus and about seeing um, and about using our limitations that God has given us to glorify him than I did when I got to have that chance to be with him. So anyway, so he graduated so special, but it's, yeah, he was, an insp- he was an inspiration to us despite his limitations. And I think that's, those are the people we're inspired by. It's oftentimes people with the greatest limitations who don't let it hold them back. So I have a question for all of us. And it's the same question that Jesus asked Bartimaeus. He asked him the question, what do you want me to do for you? And I want you to picture Jesus asking you that question. And sometimes we don't want to answer that honestly because we think it's either too expensive or too selfish or too big or something like that. 
And so, and so we, we fear the answer to that question. If we really express our hearts longings to God, but you know, Jesus doesn't fear that. Jesus didn't fear Bartimaeus's answer to this question. He asked him the question, what do you want me to do for you? And Jesus was putting himself in the servant of a promise that he'd made. And that was everyone who asks will receive. Everyone who seeks will find. He knocks the door will be open. Now, sometimes the answer to that question is going to also include Jesus asking you, are you willing to become the wineskin that I can put that new wine into? Because in order for me to bless you, remove in this way in your life, you have to become someone more mature. You have to become someone stronger to be able to even receive that blessing. And so if you're willing to go through that process of training to become the wineskin that can receive the wine, then let's go. Let's do this. Absolutely, I can put that new wine into your life. But we've got to accept that 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 challenge of training to become like him and to become people who can handle the blessings. You guys follow me on that? And so what I want us to do for homework this week is, you know, a couple of weeks ago we had the we had the homework of, you know, based on don't be afraid, just believe. <clears throat> and we had the homework of writing down some positive, faithful beliefs that we have. And I hope you've been going back to that list because that's a very empowering list. Mm-hmm. Because, because even Jesus said earlier, nothing, everything is possible for him or her who believes. Strengthening that muscle, cultivating that plant in our garden of belief is so important. But this week, what I'd like us to do is the homework of writing down what you really want. What you really want Jesus to do for you. What is it? And if it's, if you feel like it's selfish, write it down anyway. If you feel like it's too big or too crazy, write it down anyway. Jesus is not overwhelmed by any of our asks. Mm -hmm. He's not overwhelmed by we're knocking too much. (laughs) He's not overwhelmed by us seeking too hard. And coming after him too aggressively. Listen to Jesus as he asks the question, what do you want me to do for you? Mm-hmm. Barnabas, his prayer was answered that day. And so now we can look back on this story and say, it's the story of bold, mm-hmm. fully seeing, fully sighted Bartimaeus. What story can, will be true for you and for me? As we have crazy faith. As we have crazy faith. Let's have the boldness and the courage to talk to God about what we really want in our lives. And let God mold it and let God shape it to that or even something greater, even something better. And let's have the courage, if we can, to share these with our life team. And to share these with one another. Because we run the risk we share it with one another of us sort of laughing, laughing or chuckling about each other's bold dreams. And sometimes that's scary. And so if you don't want to share it, that's fine. Just talk to God about it for now. But if you can share it with one another and we can help each other with these mm-hmm. cra- with this crazy faith 
this journey of crazy, mad, insane, seeking, asking, knocking faith. Mm. And God is going to do more than we ask or imagine. And God is going to work in us and among us, through us, in ways that only he can do. Mm. Guys, this might be impossible for man, but nothing is impossible with God. Mm -hmm. Let's pray together.